0: previously on Adventure They Wrote.
1: The three goons that were up on the the rooftop to begin with, they're at the north end. The two goons that followed up the ladder are in the northwest corner. Ledger and the Countess are on the western side. Celine, Max, and Doran all came up the south wall. This
2: is gonna sting a little bit, especially since you're glowing. Nat 20, so I think I hit him. Uh, The
1: character in the robe, they reach down to one of the patches and they rip it off and throw it up into the air where it sort of flames out like that flash paper. It just... And and sparks rain down and a lightning bolt shoots from his fingertips through Doran, through the pirate... And through Celine, Doran, you take twenty-seven damage. Ouch! Ooh. Celine, you take fourteen. The pirate in between you also takes twenty-seven damage. He sort of like he gives a he gives a, and then smoke comes out of his ears, and he collapses in the first crispy puddle that you've ever seen. And she's going to cast
3: inflict wounds. Mm-hmm. Ooh. We shall see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it was a natural 20. Always <laughs> <Nice. laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, oh. her promises. Oh no, cat, oh. you might have just murdered this person. As the divine energy courses through your body and into the tabaxi, he full on raiders and the fur and it just sloughs off.
3: The countess is not going to be phased by this and she's just going to turn around and say, Well, I was always a dog person.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> they call it the city of Splendors, crown of the Norse. Of course, not all that glitters is gold, and not all that lurks in shadows is evil. Sometimes it takes those who are well acquainted with loss and failure to understand that second chances are rare to come by. A second chance to do right. To reconnect with those we thought were lost. To battle a corruption that has taken root elsewhere. To find a place to call home. A place like the Waterdeep Detective Agency. Indeed, some call it the City of Splendors. To everyone else, it's simply Waterdeep.
1: Welcome back. In our last game, um, you fought some pirates on a rooftop. The Countess melted a tabaxi, and you learned that uh, you have some not-so-fond admirers in the form of Ajax, the pirate captain. Uh, so, at the end of our last game, we had you returning to the offices, and at the beginning of this game, we'll have you arriving there. So is this the next morning? Um, yeah, well, actually, we will call this the next morning. Uh, I know I'm not very good at following the, the passing of time, but... Uh, We'll call this the next morning, yes. And we're level five. And you're level five, that's right. We, we leveled up... It's a big deal. ...between the last two, that's right. So, lots of interesting things happening there as well.
4: So, Hector has been kind of walking around the office as people are gone. He doesn't really fly, but he does sometimes climb down out of his cage and, and kind of mess with things, and he loves shredding up paper. So some of the some of the scraps uh, over in the Countess's area that are things that would have been put on the investigation board are now just torn torn to shreds and and all over the floor of the office. So well, the Countess's roll top desk is always closed, so <laughs> and locked.
0: <laughs> Do we immediately go after this Captain Ajax? I feel like that's the best course of action.
5: Not only after breakfast. Dorinal stay around a meat pie. Where, where did you get that meat
3: pie from? From my pack. Oh, but which, which shop? I'm just curious if you've noticed any news in the meat pie um, area.
5: I don't know. I just pick one. I, I don't really care. They're all meat pies. They're all good.
1: <laughs> Brad, I have to... I, if you're carrying around meat pies in your backpack, I think I might have to start giving you disadvantage on scent-based <laughs> perception <laughs> checks. They're wrapped... We'll cross that bridge when we come to it, though. They're wrapped in par- <laughs> parchment of some kind that
0: seals. Fantasy aluminum foil.
1: It's it's real. They're in Tupperware. Old issues of the Waterdeep underpress. <laughs> yeah. So what the Countess
4: is alluding to is, um, <laughs> she recently received a deed from Ledger, um, you remember that she gave him some money to turn into more money mm-hmm. and uh, what he did was he took that and turned it into a lease that a um, that a vendor is using on a meat pie cart <laughs> so the countess now owns the cart and is receiving dividends in the form of rent payments uh, and a portion of the sales. And she has never been more interested in meat pies. <laughs> oh. Do you have a
0: recommendation? <laughs> Do we get a company discount? <laughs> <laughs> Can we buy in bulk? Yeah. Yes. No, I've
4: instructed <laughs> him to charge you more.
1: Oh.
0: oh. Uh, you guys...
1: I think we officially have the weirdest Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Yeah. I think when you hit the point where a character leases out a Cholton meat pie cart <laughs> and charges That's everyone it. double, we've crossed the line. This is the weirdest d and <laughs> podcast now.
0: Hey, as long as they sell well because they taste good, I feel like it, it's a it's all great. Yeah, I
5: have to agree it's weird. Now let's get on a giant toad and go across the line.
0: <laughs> 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 Uh, so, what's our uh, what's our plan of attack?
2: Well, before we head out, um, you're gonna notice that that drawer is glowing again. Right. Right. Uh, Selena's gonna go over to the drawer, and you're just gonna see her um, pick up her pouch because she actually left it there a while back when we were out at the Grinning Lion, and she's gonna just look to the whole team once at Hector and say, pretty bird.
4: You're a pretty bird.
2: (laughs) And then she's going to look at everyone and be like, I'd like to share what's happening in this drawer because it seems like Doran's a little afraid of it. But really, it means no harm.
0: Max would like to use his passive investigation of 24 now. That's a (laughs) two and a four to um, kind of peer around, and the Countess would like to prepare blink. <laughs> ah, ah.
4: Ledger is slowly backing up towards the door.
1: <laughs> Doran puts his meat pie down and shakes his head. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Max, your passive investigation uh, of twenty four—that's right—is <laughs> first of all too high. <laughs> But second of all y- you don't you-, you don't get anything you don't there's nothing to, that would that would uh,
0: reveal to you what could possibly be in there. but um, I don't believe that at all and this is uh, Jason <laughs> the players <laughs> speaking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, while Talia, while Celine, while rather, is uh, <laughs> grinning. She's not grinning in the way that you think chaos is about to erupt. Um, you've identified that grin as a different grin.
2: Her, her face is just sheer glee. Max
1: accepts the glee.
2: Did you find a pet? <gasps> yes. And she's going to... I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> Doran, you really have to give it a little time think you're going to like it and she's going to reach in and she pulls out this little gecko it's a black splitter gecko and these geckos are actually pretty well known uh, in um, like thieves channels and things because they spit an acid that thieves often use to like get like to wear away like um, locks and things and So she found it, actually, on the way back from the Scupper Den. Oh. (laughs) Uh, But it has a glowing green hue.
1: Max, you also noticed that the inside of the drawer where there's, like, metal has been corroded and it's starting to, like, eat away
0: in there. Hey, Countess, is there any way that we can magically, I don't know, imbue or fix that drawer so that it has somewhere to like make it a little gecko condo but um you know m- with a magic floor so it's not eating through the floor below us um
3: that does seem rather wise doesn't it um let me f- let me um she pulls out her uh, a tiny little book from her from her um, handbag and then um she puts on a a pair of uh, glasses that you haven't seen before. And she's looking down her nose at, at her, her tiny
1: little spell book. Just a moment. The gecko, meanwhile, is eyes locked on Hector. <laughs> yeah, and Hector is flapping his
4: wings and he's, he's up there looking really agitated, kind of making like... sort of like just little noises. And then he kind of calms down and he barks at it. Like he's expecting it to bark back.
2: Selene is going to gesture back at Hector and go, Hector, this is Skitter. He's your new friend. So I think at this point, Skitter's going to kind of run up Selene's arm a little bit and kind of like get onto her shoulder to be closer to her.
0: (laughs) Max will reach out with, like, the one, like, the the, the clawed finger and, and just kind of pet across the head and down the, the neck.
2: He stretches out kind of like a dog does, you know, when you're, like, rubbing them from, like, head to tail.
0: Max, he does not spit acid on you. <laughs> We're going to be friends. <laughs> this is going to be great. The Countess
3: uh, quickly slaps her little book closed, tosses it into her handbag and with her glasses, and... Uh, just lets out a little sigh and says, um, well, it looks like I'm, I'm afraid not. Um, animal handling isn't quite my um, level of expertise. Perhaps we can get him a tiny little um, a spittoon <laughs> that he can carry around with him.
0: I think uh, this might be a job for the uh, wizard at its home security to uh, divine us up something to keep him safe and sound and um, not damaging property.
4: I'm sure that they'll work it into or package
2: so after max pets skitter selena's actually gonna pick up the flesh pouch and she's gonna take a little piece out and feed
1: it to him
0: oh that's why you have that everyone roll constitution
1: saves
2: (laughs) (laughs) do i have to no okay
5: (laughs) doran knew about it can he roll with advantage
1: yeah but you're also doran so no Ah.
0: got me uh Max got a twelve. But I'm a goblin, so I'm a
4: twenty-one, so I'm feeling good about this. Going got a twelve.
1: <laughs> Countess got a twenty. It's it's gross, but you're all good. You're not all infected or affected in a meaningful way. I mean, the Countess has like gooified multiple humanoids at this point, so That's that's very true. <laughs> you melted a kitty.
5: Yeah. Oh, side note on that, we do still have that magical um, robe, cloak, whatever it is to mm. identify Oh,
1: that's right. I was
3: supposed to go to talk, speak to Panana about that. I could, well, I could also um, talk to Panana about the, the little an- antique spittoon. Yeah. yeah who knows? And stop at the shop on the way. Yeah.
5: Head over, check in. Maybe she has some anti acid stuff. Some Tums.
2: I think Skitter would appreciate that. <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah, so you arrive at uh, Panana's Curios. um, And uh, she's, uh, it's business as usual. People are in and out. And then as soon as you guys enter, she sort of like ushers the two other clients that are poking around out the door. um, And then as they leave, she closes it behind her and locks it and then pulls the drape down. She's got one of those drapes with like the string on it and the loop at the end. She pulls that down.
0: And then she turns around and she says, uh, so uh, did you find it? Uh, Not yet. We are um, in progress. We have a really good lead. We're uh, on our way to what we think is a a solid lead. And uh, we just wanted to give you a a little bit of information about what we found so far and um, ask for your help.
4: Ledger has never been here, so he's... Fascinated by the shop and just wandering around and poking and prodding at stuff and picking things up and looking underneath and just very curious.
1: Excellent. Okay. Uh, we'll come back to that in an interesting way in a minute. <laughs> Max, remind me your passive perception. Is up to sixty now, sixty three. <laughs> My passive perception is only twenty two. Only twenty two. Got it. Okay, you can you can see passively that um, Panana seems very distressed, much more distressed than uh, the last time you spoke with her. Uh, and so, as you sort of finish
0: up your thing, she says, "Yes, yeah, uh, uh, yes. Uh, however, I can help. What? Can, what do you need? What? What can I do?" Well, first of all, I notice that you are a lot more distressed now than you were the last time <laughs> that we were here. What, what's going on? Why? Why the nerves? Um, she she looks furtively
1: around, uh, sort of taking in everyone, and
0: uh, she says, "Max." Bef- before she is able to speak, Max holds up his little clawed finger and then hands her his little notepad and pencil.
3: <laughs> and then the countess messages to <laughs> Nana. Would you care to just speak to me and then I can relay the information onto
1: my colleagues? Uh, yeah, so she does. She, she leans... She takes the, the uh, notepad and pencil sort of in both hands, um, and then while sort of staring at the Countess, wide eyes, um, she says, It's just that I have learned the providence of the artifact, and the news, it is, it is not good. It has me very concerned
0: about uh, having this still in the city were you going to let us know about this information before we found it? <laughs> I, I only just learned I've been looking into this
1: since you were here, and I contacted the the man from whom I received it, uh, who contacted the, the artifact trader uh, that received it from a uh, adventuring party, uh, or to be more accurate what was left of the adventuring party uh, that removed this statue from Mithranor.
0: And uh, for the uninitiated, what is Mithranor? Would Max know what Mithranor is?
1: It's pretty legendary. All our characters would know it, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, the Countess would certainly know of it. I think knowledge of the city is sort of ubiquitous in Faerun, but Mithranor is the, the fallen city that has basically been overrun by demons. And while there is tremendous treasure and artifacts of incredible power there, getting in and out is very difficult. And so uh, anything that came out of there could be potentially very dangerous and very powerful.
2: Does Selene have any like special knowledge of the, the types of demons or like what, I guess, types
1: of things would come out of there? No. I don't think so. I think Celine would would understand probably at a more intimate level the the uh, the demons that are there and how dangerous they are. But as to you know what sort of items would come out of there, you would only know in as much as you know adventuring parties know that is, you know. Uh, Full of the good stuff. Well, that's real dangerous. Do you know what it does? Uh, she says that uh, I, I I still haven't uh, been able to discern that, um, but I do know that strange events have occurred wherever I've been able to tie this item uh, to to being there. What kind of strange events? Um, uh, uh, attacks, fires, uh. Uh, Monsters that normally aren't there Appearing Um, uh, Average, normal, everyday Citizens suddenly turning on each other Max will
0: uh, Max will lean in And he'll say Um, any word about pirates? She says no No pirates, not that I've heard Anything We were were waylaid by some pirates And a and a fancy tabaxi wizard. Yeah. And um, he kind of glances over at the Countess and gives her a nod. Yes, it was, she was quite a fancy cat. Can't come back from that one. Um, uh, we got, yeah, we got waylaid and we were told that there's a pirate that is uh, um, interested in the fact that we are interested in this uh, Omni's dragon.
3: And that's um, where you might come in and, and lend us some, some of your expertise. Um, would you happen to know what what this item is? And she uh, pulls, pulls forward the patchwork cloak.
1: When Panana sees the cloak, her eyes widen a little bit. She says, oh, well, I, I, can, I can certainly take a look at this, but someone wearing a cloak very like this uh, was in my shop the week before the statue was taken
5: we got to find that person to ask him. Oh.
1: Oh.
3: Oh. person? Was that person a tabaxi?
1: Uh, she says, I didn't get a, a good look at them. Their hood was, was pulled over their face, and they, they only walked about a bit. Uh, and they, they didn't even speak to me before they left.
2: What were they looking at while they were in the shop?
1: Uh, they were just sort of perusing. They didn't stay and look at any one particular item. Casing the joint. Mm. She says uh oh they, they were all uh, monochromatic, but there were several uh, uh many more than than you know these two. Ledger's still just clanging around in in the background. I wanna address that Panana keeps casting very like concerned looks
0: over at Ledger, like maybe he shouldn't be poking around in a magical curio shop. Max will turn around and be like be careful what you touch, it might bite back.
3: The, the Countess will, will just say, um, will message her and, and just say, oh, don't mind him, he's new to the team, working on his benefits package. Doesn't even doesn't even introduce, <laughs> introduce him. It's just like, don't mind him.
5: <laughs> so so Doran will look at Panana and say, so you're saying that this cloak had more than three patches on it when you saw him? Uh,
0: yes, uh, quite a few more.
5: Mm, that means the pirates must be mixing it up quite a bit.
0: Yeah, or they do something. Um, do you... Do you have the ability to identify what these patches do? She
1: pulls out a jeweler's loop and sticks it in her eye, and uh, she gets down, like, way into the, the patches, um, and then the patches start to glow. She says, yeah, you know, I, I can't... So each patch seems to be imbued with a magical spell. And while I can't determine what the spells are... I am able to tell you that both are from the evocation school of magic.
5: Does the cloak require uh, tuning? It does not. Does, does she tell us the activation of how to use the patches?
1: She So she uh, identifies specifically the threads that are used to bind the patch to the, the robe. Uh, she says once those are broken, um, the spell will be cast on, on the target of your choosing. You sound like fabric grenades. Yes,
5: that's perfect. Did she identify that sword of ultimate destruction. Ask.
1: Go ahead. Ask her.
4: Ask her. Well, the sword we're discussing is the one that, that Ledger confiscated from the from the pirate, correct? Yes. Yeah. That's true. He has it right now, and he's bumbling around the store. <laughs> yeah, the sword's <laughs> bumping into furniture as he's walking, because I'm imagining the store is very cramped. And, um, you know, so he's like sliding through these little aisles and is really interested in everything. So he's picking it up. So, yeah, when when you bring that up, yeah, you know, he's over in the distance just looking at some weird sphere, trying to figure out what it is. And uh, seems startled when when
1: you try to get his attention. Sam, go ahead and roll a D100 for me. Sixty six. So a cloud of fog envelops ledger uh, and extends out you know, four to five feet in any direction. Um, and just kind of hangs on him in the store. And Panana kind of she sees that happen and she just lets out a sigh and she says, Please put that back.
0: Max will pipe up and, and use his his boss voice <laughs> and say, Ledger, come come here. We we need that sword.
4: Ledger puts down the sphere and and, and brings the sword over. And uh, you know, once he's in in front of Panana, he you know he's not paying attention to all the the goodies in the shop. He's like, "Oh, uh, hello, my name's
1: Ledger," and he hands her the sword. She reaches into the cloud of fog and pulls the sword out. Um, <clears throat> uh, and she looks at it with the the enchanted jeweler's loop, Um, and she says, "This is a normal sword." and only an idiot would think that there's something special or interesting about it because it's just a normal sword and then she gives Doran like a super pointed look <laughs> wow wow no she's saying with this look and you mm-hmm. don't need no, you mm-hmm. don't need an insight check for this she's like you're embarrassing our people <laughs> uh-huh. mm. oh i see <laughs> oh
3: jeez, gnome
2: shade wow. is harsh oh.
3: Okay, no, that's well, cool. cool. Doran, you might want to step into the cloud there, just disappear a little. <laughs> the,
5: the sword will be called Shade, because that was just thrown into oh, me. Oh, I love it.
4: <laughs> I'm wondering, Panana, if you might have anything in the store that would help me keep this particular weapon under wraps as I, as I move around the city, maybe something that can help me keep it hidden.
1: Yes. So she has a, she has like an old barrel that's full of like sort of miscellaneous stuff. It's like the, the fantasy novel equivalent of the extra cables bin. Uh, she pulls from that barrel like a, a sword and she pulls this gleaming silver blade out of the sheath and it catches the sunlight coming in through the window and casts this radiant hue throughout the room. And then she puts the sword back into the barrel and hands you the sheath for the, so that you can put your sword in it. This is wonderful. Thank you. Oh, I heard him. I hurt Jason.
0: <laughs> Do you know, um, was your, uh, your contact able to tell you the name of the adventuring party that is uh, no more?
1: It's a well-known adventuring party, um, the uh, Order of Ortos. And when they went into Mithrynor, they went in with 18 people, and they came out with six. Uh, and of those six, three of them retired from adventuring after that endeavor. So only three of them are good still to actively, know. yeah. Uh, so whatever they saw in there, it spooked them real good.
0: If it didn't outright murder them. Uh, so shall we uh, head to Mithranor then? Uh. <laughs> let's go <laughs> ah <laughs> jokes
3: do we know where the retirees are are they within water deep
1: they are not uh, they um they've got like uh farms they they're out in rural areas the Deserin Valley
4: just swords to plowshares for these folks and the three
3: who are still active are they? Are they perhaps within water deep?
1: Uh, Panana says, "Yeah, she can look into it. She wasn't able to figure that out, but um, she will do some more research and, and contact you when she's able to learn something." Oh,
3: I do have one tiny little um, f- favor to ask. We—I um, I don't suppose you've noticed that we've we've increased our our agency by one human and one one gecko. Um, I'm wondering if you might have a. a pint-sized spittoon that um uh, is capable of withstanding acid damage
1: panana gives you one long look and it's one of those looks that says like i thought i had heard it all (laughs) oh i know like i (laughs) i thought i've been in this business a long time and i thought i had heard the weirdest question someone was going to ask me.
4: Well, that's why you keep me around, isn't it? (laughs) At least she didn't ask which one of us it's for. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: You're going to see Skitter actually, like, he was hiding in, like, Celine's cloak. He's going to, like, actually climb up and, like, go onto one of her horns and, like, rest.
1: Banana looks back at the gecko then. And she goes, I don't have anything now, but... Give me two days.
3: Thank you. Wonderful. I'm sure he'll love it. And if you could get it engraved, his name is Skitter. (laughs) I knew of all the curio shops in all of Waterdeep, this was the spot that I could get something like that. You never, you never disappoint, Panana.
1: Panana nods, self-satisfied. Of course, she's the only curio shop in the city that can procure a acid-proof tiny spittoon for a gecko and then also have it customized with that Gecko's name on it.
5: Doran will bid Panana a terse, gnomish, traditional gnomish goodbye because of all that shade (laughs) and
4: take his leave of the shop and wait outside for everybody. Come on, guys. Ledger has affixed his new sword sheath to his belt. As a sword inside, he's very happy and gives Panana a nod as thank you on his way out the door. She
1: nods back.
2: You hear Celine kind of whisper something under her breath that sounds like infernal, and Skitter disappears again in her cloak, and she just
3: nods to Panana and walks out the door. And uh, the Countess will will leave a small box of uh, pastries that they probably picked up on the way.
0: Max says, uh, "Thank you, and uh, we will be in touch with more information. Let us know if you need anything."
3: Yes, I was just going to ask the very same thing.
0: She says, "Of course, I I,
1: I certainly will." Okay, so you are now on the streets of Waterdeep. Uh, You have uh, uh, gotten a little bit more information on the patchwork cloak. Um, And now, uh, what's your next
0: move, your next course of action? Who is going to wear slash have the cloak on them?
5: I recommend it be on Selene.
2: Mm-hmm. And I have a new firework spell.
5: I think... Everyone else has a little bit more combat power. I'm not saying she doesn't, but everyone else has, like, something that's a little bit more combat-focused. Yes. And that would give her, like, a bomb.
3: It can make it
2: extra flashy, too.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The Countess helps you into the cloak. Thank you, Countess.
2: I think it fits quite nicely, don't you? Oh, yes, it looks quite lovely. I I hope you can acquire more patches. Oh, yeah, these, these are neat. And actually, you know, this material, it, it kind of feels like the dress on <laughs> on that noble girl that we met. You know, I, I bet it is really flexible. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Fletch, before we um, move forward, are we going to run into someone that was supposed to give me information from the streets?
1: Um, yeah there actually is contact from Celine uh, uh, Celine on your way to the harbor you sort of get um, your uh, attention is is gotten by sort of like a, a I don't know what the right word would be rapscallion I think it's rapscallion um, and uh, uh, they let you know that um, uh, these pirates have been um, putting out sort of like... Trying to figure out who you guys are, the Waterdeep Detective Agency, and um, looking for people that will uh, uh, let them know about your goings-on, but he's very careful to stress that he would never betray any of that information. Mm. We
4: hand out business cards with that information.
0: True story! (laughs) 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 They're
2: not doing a great job. Selena's gonna ask him, "What type of people are they asking about us?"
1: They are—they uh, are leveraging the the criminal underworld specifically. Uh, they don't have any; they're pirates. They don't have any connections with the nobles or anything
0: like that. <laughs> Not like us. <laughs> yeah, this isn't real life.
2: <laughs> Can I roll um, an insight check to see if the, I trust? the information cuz most of my contacts are somewhat
1: reliable. Yeah, go ahead. Oh. That's a 3. He is the most trustworthy person you have <laughs> ever talked to in your life. Huh.
2: What's the history of this contact and Celine? Did they work together?
1: Um you uh he's been around. He's he's sort of like a uh, I mean, he's not a murderer or something like that. He's, you know, picked pockets and uh, maybe scammed a mid-level noble or two. So
2: they put on a show together is what you're saying.
1: Well, not, not even necessarily with you. He's just in the same circles. It's almost like this information has bubbled up through this person. Um, and just because you are both features in these circles... Um, he was the one that was closest and best able to relay the information to you. You you also know that I mean even with a three like the the putting out feelers in this network is usually pretty reliable because if it wasn't people would stop using it and that would mean you know less cooperation and and they wouldn't as effectively be able to commit crimes. Okay,
2: so Selena's just going to ask him. Do they know that? we're interested in the work that they're doing?
1: Uh, he says, I I don't know any of that. All I know is that they're looking for you.
2: Um, she's gonna nod to him. Hold on.
1: I'm gonna do that again, and I'm gonna give him a criminal accent. He says, uh, oh, I don't know. All I know is that they are looking for you.
3: Was it criminal because the accent was so terrible? <laughs> oh,
1: cat!
2: She's... Tr- She's from Canada. She's probably pretty good at detecting fake French.
1: <laughs> oh no. Uh, oh,
2: so much shade. This this episode is hashtag shade. That's what
1: this is. That's right. This episode is hashtag. Yes. Brought to you by shade. <laughs> Brought to you by Shade and Hurt Feelings. (laughs) That's the
4: hashtag of the episode. It's a long one, but it's worth it. They can't see the tears if you're on a podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For like the sixth time, she's going to try to respond to his strange, villainous accent and thank him for his time. Um, she will slip him uh, one gold and ask him to continue to keep an eye out for her if he hears anything. Uh, there's definitely more where that came from. He
1: says, uh, He says, 'Wee wee.'" wee.
2: Selena will, will come back over and just relay the information to the group so they know that it's possible they might have some inclination that we would be showing up at some point.
0: Should we go uh, recon the ship before we head over to it? Okay,
1: so you all arrive in the harbor, um, the, the natural place to depart um, to Deepwater Isle. And um, Deepwater Harbor is this natural, very deep basin Uh, that gives Waterdeep its name uh, and is the source of its wealth. The the waters in the harbor are clean. There are entire crews of people that sort of work on keeping it uh, clean. And there's even a merfolk colony that lives in the harbor that helps with protection um, and all that stuff. Uh, It's divided into two small harbors. Uh, One is... The commerce harbor, and one is um, for the fleet, the uh, uh, waterdeep fleet, and you see across the way, across the harbor, in the distance, uh, is Deepwater Isle, and Deepwater Isle is uh, there are um, you know two small castles on either side of it that are built for the protection of the harbor. From one of those castles, they can uh, raise a great chain that protects the rest of the harbor if uh, an enemy army were to try to... or an enemy navy, rather, um, were to try to invade. So you sort of come down from the city into the harbor where... You know, the sounds of the fishing fleet and, and commerce ships, you know, people are unloading all sorts of crates and just a variety of goods from across Faerun um, can be found on these ships. And as you get down there, <clears throat> you see one of the harbor guards uh, who has a uniform that is distinct from the water deep guards is kind of lounging on a post. Um, you know, sort of surveying everything that's going on around him, and he he sees you come down the path towards the harbor, and he gets a good look at Brad and the Countess, and then he jerks his thumb up at a sign that's above him that says "No racing to Deepwater Isle," <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we'll
0: end this episode. Pirates on the horizon. Or something like that. Hello there. I'm Jason, your producer. Also, Max the Goblin Detective here on Adventure They Wrote. Thank you for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you for listening. As usual, I want to give a huge shout out and a huge thanks to TabletopAudio.com for allowing us to use all of their soundscapes and sound effects in the show. It really helps turn our show into what we want it to sound like. And uh, we couldn't do it without them. So, go check out tabletopaudio.com. You can use all of their stuff for free, and if you want to chip in, they have a Patreon. We're subscribers, and subscribers get really awesome perks like alternate tracks. So, check them out, tabletopaudio.com. So, it came to my attention as I was editing the show, as I was putting it all together, that a side conversation that we had that got cut out of the show directly affected the end of the show and I didn't realize that until after I finished and it was too late to go back and try to put it in in a meaningful way so I'm going to try to explain it the Countess and Doran were talking about racing to Deepwater Harbor with Doran in giant toad form and the Countess using the spell walk on water and because it was part of a jumbled side conversation that got cut out during the editing process um i apologize for that weirdness and if that racing thing didn't make sense that's totally my fault anyway that's gonna do it for us this week thank you again for listening to adventure they wrote and stay tuned next time for more mystery